with artists created and produced by Detlef Schlick, a visual artist and ritual designer, living and loving in West Cork, and best known for his essay about the cause and effect of shamanism, art and digital culture. Working in the field of performance, photography, painting, sound, installations, and film he will dive and discover with us and a weekly creative guest into the unknown and exciting deep ocean of the creative mind. This is Detlef Schlich and today we dive into the deep and unknown creative ocean of our exciting creative mind and I would like to welcome back you to Artitude, the space where art, culture and the profound depths of the human psyche converge. I'm your host and I'm guiding you through another exploration of our fascinating mental landscapes. Today in episode 217 we delve into the manifestations of the death drive in our modern world and explore pathways for harnessing this powerful force towards personal growth and social societal transformation. I must say, I mean, this subject uh, grabbed me completely and I've researched further on deeper in uh, Freud's concept of uh, the death drive because um, it is more than 100 years old and we live in times where I feel sometimes I try to avoid to do doom scrolling. Doom scrolling is if you just scroll and and for doom and for for bad news. But it is sometimes difficult, really. To uh, I mean, the best is you really just switch off the news and do your art in order um, to uh, yeah to continue with your life properly. And uh, yeah, I mean, he discovered it 100 years ago, or. He didn't discover it. He he set up this concept about the death drive due to all the the, the the talks with trauma victims from the First World War. And I think now we have somehow the same situation again. We have, we have a lot of people traumatized through um, the Ukrainian war and t through the Gaza war. And uh, I mean, pff, there are far more wars on the world. So uh, yeah, as we stand on the threshold of new understandings, Let's reflect on the insights gained from our previous journey together and consider how they set the stage for today's exploration. So we, in episode 216, we embarked on a profound exploration of Sigmund Freud's theory of the death drive, or Thanatos, the god of death from the Greek mythology, uncovering its roots and significance within our psyche. We pondered its duality with errors, the life drive, contemplating how these opposing forces shape our behavior, relationships and societal structures. Your thoughtful responses and engagement highlighted the relevance of this dialogue in understanding not just individual action but also broader societal phenomena. The feedback and reflections shared by you, our vibrant community, have underscored the importance of 
acknowledging and integrating these darker aspects of our nature. As we uncovered, facing our shadows is not a journey into despair, but a step towards enlightenment and growth. Building upon these insights, episode 217 invites us to look beyond the individual and consider how the death drive manifests in the collective behaviors of our society, from the allure of consumerism to the cycles of conflict and regeneration, will explore how these primal forces shape the world around us. More importantly, we will discuss strategies for individuals and communities to navigate these drives, transforming potential destructiveness into creative and life-affirming actions. Join me as we continue to navigate the complex interplay between our darkest instincts and our highest aspiration. Together, we'll uncover ways to channel the energy of the death drive towards fostering personal well-being and societal harmony. As we venture into the heart of today's topic, let's first examine how the death drive, a concept so intimately tied to our individual psyches, extends its influence into the fabric of our modern society. The manifestations of this drive are as varied as they are pervasive, subtly woven into the tapestry of our daily lives and our collective endeavors. So they are the modern manifestations of the death. Our world, with its rapid technological advancements and relentless pursuit of progress, offers a fertile ground for the death drive to manifest. This can be seen in the uh, consumerism that dominates our societies, where the endless cycle of desire and fulfillment mirrors the oscillation between Eros and Thanatos. It's present in the thrill of extreme sports, in the depths of addiction, and in the anonymity of online trolling, where the boundaries of self-preservation blur into the pursuit of oblivion. Moreover, the death drive finds expression in our collective actions, in the environmental degradation that threatens our planet's future, in the wars that recure with tragic regularity and in the economic systems that prioritize profit over people. These phenomena, while complex and multifaced, can be viewed through the lens of Freud's theory as manifestations of a society grappling with its own destructive impulses. But where does this recognition leave us? If the death drive is an inextricable part of our nature, the challenge then becomes not to deny it, but to understand and harness it. This brings us to the crux of today's discussion. Transforming the energy of the death drive into a force for personal and societal growth. Let's start with personal transformation. On a personal level, acknowledging our darker impulses can be the first step towards growth. It allows us to confront and integrate these aspects of ourselves, leading to a more balanced and authentic existence. Practices such as mindfulness, meditation, psychotherapy and artistic expression can provide outlets for these drives, channeling them into constructive rather than destructive. We have as well the societal change. There, on a societal level, understanding the collective manifestation of the death drive can inspire us to build more resilient, compassionate communities. 
It urges us to create economic and political systems that not only acknowledge human vulnerability, but also celebrate human potential by fostering environments that prioritize mental health, environmental sustainability and social justice, we can redirect our collective energies towards nurturing life rather than courting destruction. As we continue our journey with episode 217, we delve into the manifestation of the death drive in the modern world. In today's society, the death drive reveals itself in various ways, sometimes overtly, sometimes subtly. From self-destructive behavior and addiction to collective acts of destruction like war and environmental pollution, these dark aspects of our nature are undeniable. Interestingly, the death drive can also be a source of change and renewal. By testing our limits, challenging ourselves and even through artistic and creative expression, we can transform the energy of the death drive into something positive. So there is as well a manifestation of the death drive. The death drive manifests in our lives in multiple ways. It's present in how we handle risks, in the destruction we sometimes cause to ourselves or the world around us, and in the creative destruction that breaks old forms to make way for new. Freud believed that if not recognized and properly managed, this drive could lead to negative expressions such as aggressions, violence, and self-destructive behavior. So, there is a dealing with the death drive for personal growth for him. Addressing the death drive for personal growth brings us into fascinating territory that not only challenges us, but also holds tremendous potential for our development. The real question is, how do we deal with this dark side of our nature? Here are some key concepts and strategies we can discuss in this segment of the episode. Where the first step, awareness and acceptance. This would be the first step in dealing with the death drive. It is to recognize and accept it as part of our human nature. This awareness allows us to observe our darker impulses without being overwhelmed by them through meditation, mindfulness exercises or deep self-reflection we can learn to observe our inner states this helps us probably to widen the space between impulse and action making more conscious choices next would be the redirection and sublimation freud spoke of sublimation as a way to convert our primitive drives into acceptable social activities or creative endeavors. By directing our energy into art, sports, science or other productive areas, we can turn the death drive into a force for good. The challenge is to find paths that not only fulfill us personally, but also contribute positively to the community or the environment. We have as well then, I mentioned it already in the last part, education and critical thinking. So comprehensive education that imparts knowledge as well as fosters critical thinking, empathy and ethical consideration is crucial. It's crucial because 
It prepares us to understand the complex reasons behind our behavior and question societal norms that promote destructive tendencies. Workshops, seminars, our self-help groups focusing on personal growth can offer valuable spaces for discussions and discovery. Next point would be then our community and especially the support. Connecting with others facing similar challenges can be incredible enriching. In a supportive community, we can openly discuss our struggles and learn from each other. Engaging in social or environmental projects not only allows us to contribute positively to the world, but also strengthens our sense of connection and purpose. And I mean, in some cases, it's really, uh, it doesn't help. And then you really, one has to look for professional help. In this case, dealing with deep-rooted destructive patterns may require this professional support. Therapy or counseling can help us understand our behavior and develop new strategies for managing our darker sides. So by learning to understand and constructively deal with the death drive, we open the door to deeper personal growth and a richer human experience. It's a path that requires courage and dedication, I know, but the rewards in terms of self-understanding, inner peace and fulfilling life are immense due to Freud. I had a chat with a friend of mine and she said, yeah, this is all theoretically what you say and what you research, you know, and I say, yeah, sure, it's, it is just theory, but um, if you if you don't try it, you know, so so it is all just doom. And I think that are ways and that, that might be possibilities to take into consideration um, in our society. And we always vote for, for these ways of education and self-help for yourself and for the community's sake. You know? mm. I would go as well a little bit into case studies and practical examples. So let's consider some examples of individuals who have learned to recognize and positively utilize their death drive. Um, that are artists who wrestle with personal demons through their works. I might find maybe scientists as well who discover new things by breaking boundaries or just ordinary people who find true strengths in moments of crisis. Um, these stories can inspire us and show ways we can use our own shadows as a source of strengths. So let's delve into case studies and practical examples, focusing on how artists harness their understanding of the death drive to fuel their creative processes and produce profound art. And there we have Vincent van Gogh. He was one of the most influential figures in the history of Western art, battled with severe mental health issues throughout his life. His struggles with depressions and episodes of psychosis are well documented, yet these personal battles deeply informed his artistic output. Van Gogh's use of vibrant colors, dramatic emotional landscapes and expressive portraits can be interpreted as a sublimation of his inner turmoil. His prolific periods in Arles, where he created some of his most celebrated works, occurred amidst intense personal cries. Van Gogh's ability to channel his suffering into his art illustrates the transformative power of acknowledging and working one's darker impulses. We have there as well, for instance, Frida Kahlo. 
Her work is a vivid diary of her lifelong battle with physical and emotional pain following a severe bus accident at the age of 18, which led to numerous medical issues and a lifetime of surgeries and discomfort. Carlo turned to painting as a form of escape and expression. Her self-portraits, often stark and unsettling, confront themes of identity, post-colonialism, gender, class and race in Mexican society, alongside her personal experience of pain. Carlos' work exemplifies how the death drives manifestation in physical suffering and emotional anguish can be redirected into powerful, culturally significant art. There is as well Jackson Pollock, so, so he renowned for his contributions to the abstract expressionist movement and it's another artist whose work can be viewed through the lens of the death drive. Pollock's famous grip paintings, for instance, were created in a state of what he described as controlled chaos, reflecting a deep engagement with his unconscious um, yeah, dark side. Battling with alcoholism and a volatile temperament, Pollock's method of painting, flinging, dripping and pouring paint onto a canvas laid on the ground, allowed him to express his inner turmoil and aggression in a socially acceptable and creatively productive manner. Pollock's tragic death in a car crash, which might be seen as a culmination of his self-destructive tendencies, further intertwines his life and work with Freud's concept of the death drive. So these artists, each in their unique way, demonstrate how the death drive's destructive potential can be channeled into creative expression. By confronting and integrating their suffering and turmoil into their work, they not only achieved personal catharsis, but also contributed significantly to the cultural and artistic heritage of humanity. Their legacies encourage us to consider how the death drive, when acknowledged and re redirected, can lead to profound personal growth and transformative art. Through their examples, we see that the darkest aspects of the human experience can be the source of some of its most beautiful expressions, reminding us of the complex interplay between destruction and creation that defines our existence. As we slowly draw this episode to a close, reflecting on the profound journeys of artists who navigated through the darkest hours to create beauty that resonates across time, it's important to remember that each of us holds the potential to transform adversity into creativity. Their stories are not just tales of personal triumph, but also beacons of inspirations for anyone who finds themselves wrestling with the darker aspect of their psyche. Think of it. I mean, I think I think all people who are creative, they, they, they somehow sometimes have, have their, their moments, which is completely normal, you know, where, where they think I can, um, I'm not inspired and... and, and I mean, I just can speak for myself and I have my darker moments where I think, why are I going to do this? And um, I know that there are downs and ups. So for me, this research is uh, great. I mean, I, I loved it. And uh, even if it's it's somehow somehow something from, from the darker um, corner, I would say I liked it. So, and uh, before we part... I want to extend a heartfelt thank you to every single one of you tuning in from around the globe. Your engagement and enthusiasm for Attitude breathes life into this podcast. You know that. 
And it's an honor to share this exploration of the human condition with you. I would like to give a special shout out to our listeners in Argentina, in the United States, the United Kingdom, Ireland, Germany, Mexico, and not forgetting those in India, Spain, Australia, France, Japan, the Netherlands, Brazil, the Philippines, Sweden, Belgium, Turkey, Azerbaijan, Indonesia, Malaysia, Trinidad and Tobago, Canada, Pakistan, Austria, Somalia and Uganda. Your curiosity and passion for delving deep into the subjects we discuss make this journey worthwhile. I encourage you all to continue this conversation beyond the podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Dutchlich at Artitude and our Facebook page. Share your thoughts, your stories, and let's keep the dialogue going. And for those who resonate with the creative spirit of West Cork, join our I Love West Cork Artist Group on Facebook. It's a space where art and heart converge, and your contributions will undoubtedly enrich our community. I mean, on this stage, I would like to say hello to Pastora, because she is always one of the first of uh, our listeners, and... Uh, um, it's really, it's it's very encouraging to have her comments on board. So thank you, Pastor. And I hope everything went well in Argentina. So until we meet again in episode 218, keep embracing the complexity of our and of your own psyche. Exploring your creativity and sharing your insights with the world. Remember, it's through engaging with our shadows that we find our most authentic selves and the most profound forms of expression. So, thank you once again for being such an essential part of the Attitude family. Goodbye for now, dear listeners, and let's continue to inspire and uplift each other in every way possible. Much love, and I hope I see you, or better, I hear you, or you hear me, next Sunday, 10 o'clock a.m. Bye-bye. You have listened to Artitude, West Cork's first art, fashion and design podcast. Artitude, never so close again. Ah! That was too close.